0: Hello listeners, welcome to Quote Unquote with KK. This is the healthcare podcast of season 2021. I wanted to bring up a very serious issue that all of us have faced with regards to our parents who are senior citizens around the world. Some of them have been lonely, living in prolonged isolation during the COVID lockdown. And let me also kind of bring out my own personal experience. My dad was a cardiac uh, patient, and I've seen uh, him uh, go down on his fitness and his uh, his well-being during the COVID lockdown. Obviously, I've given him a smartwatch to monitor his, uh, you know, activity and whatnot. But things don't work the what you think well for your parents. And I'm not just the only one. There are 130 million senior citizens in India. Uh, I've got Ravi Bala who's a tech evangelist out of US and he understands the Indian diaspora as well as the US diaspora as well i would love to just uh, quickly introduce ravi from his uh, background and what he has done ravi is a tech startup mentor in htech and remote monitoring he is a co-founder and former board member at health signals leader in technology solutions for better senior living as an innovator and expert in mobile health conversational ai and digital strategy he has a successful track record of creating and managing teams of independent thinkers. He has a tenacious dedication and compassion and dignity in the workplace uh, as a teacher, mentor, and coach uh, at heart. Ravi works with several startups as an advisor. He is currently chair of uh, Capital for Good and board member for Girls First Fund, a global effort to end child marriages, which is very interesting effort, Ravi, I must commend you. He he was a board member of a startup corps and a member of Drexel University Agewell Collaboratory. He has taught courses in digital strategy in multiple MBA colleges in Philadelphia. His latest passion is changing the model for elder care with the aid of of conversational AI, robotic and passive no-touch monitoring. So welcome Ravi. I must say Ravi is also, doesn't look like a senior citizen, but he is so fit and uh, very young. And I'm sure the passion with which, what he's driving for his peer senior citizens, I'm sure he should be younger heart as well. So Ravi, Uh, (laughs) let me start uh, (laughs) by talking about now that uh, the COVID pandemic will see its end, hopefully in the next few months with the immunization drive across the world. Hopefully the senior citizens would be the first cohort of population after the, the frontline health workers and what have you what sort of uh, applications or ideas you think we need to have for our senior citizens in this transition time of going out of pan- pandemic to the new normal along the immunization time? Are there any solutions that you think are already available or we need to probably bring some sort of solutions for the interim so that you can monitor any you know adverse events or allergies or whatever you, ha- you get out of some of these, you know, vaccination in the senior citizens, any ideas or thoughts there
1: you know, I'll, I'll address one of the larger issues earlier on. And this is, this is uh, the thing that the senior citizens or all of us really need in, the, in this time of crisis is we're all tired of being isolated and we can't wait to get back together with friends and family and all of that stuff. And, and I think Zoom calls only go so far in terms of being able to, uh, you know, on, 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 on a laptop. What I've found about two or three years ago, I actually, uh, uh, you know, when my parents lived in this retirement community in india in Coimbatore, i actually uh, uh, installed a alexa echo show on their in their home and i have one in my kitchen uh, table and every morning we just do a five minute quick check-in mom dad how are you doing and that video call really makes a big difference and then there are some days when my wife and i would both both take it And we'll set it up next to the window and show them the snow and uh, show them what my dad loves, loves looking at the snow outside because he misses it in Coimbatore. And, And that communication is incredibly important, however you set it up. And you have to set it up in a way that doesn't make them feel like they have to log on to a computer or they hold a phone in front of their face. So these, the, something with a far-field microphone, even if it's a dedicated machine. So I, I really love, you know, whether it's the Google you know, Nest Home thing, uh, the, the Alexa Echo Show. I'm okay with the speakers, but I'd much rather have the video. And uh, off late, we've experimented. My in-laws live about an hour and a half away from us. And so we've installed the Facebook Portal TV, and the Portal TV essentially plugged into their 55 inch television. And you know, my kids have it, we have it, my sister has it. So when we talk, we're actually you know looking at each other on a 50, 70 inch screen, and we're sitting far away on a sofa. It pans the whole living room, so it's a, it's more of a telepresence than it is uh, just a conference. That communication is incredibly important in the at, at this stage. And then there are of course other technologies that are more tactical in nature. Yeah, uh, people want to know things like, hey, you want to, want to measure oxy- oxygen levels, you know, SpO2. Uh, you know, not everybody has a pulse ox, not everybody can get a pulse. You want to measure, uh, you know, the temperature, uh, you want to measure heart rate, heart rate variability, you know, all of those kinds of things. And, you know, temperature you can measure with a the thermo- thermometer, almost everybody has it, but the all the other things people don't have. Everybody has one of these, you know, smartphone devices, right, you know, they've, got, they've, they've all got these smartphone devices. I, for the most part. and 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 with those smartphone devices and the cameras, there are now technologies that will essentially allow you to download an s p o two device onto your uh, you know iphone or your or your Samsung. So there are technologies from interestingly, a lot of them are developed out of Israel. They use this capability called transdermal optical imaging. And with this video call, if I were to record it, I could probably tell you what your heart rate is, you know, with, with the technologies. Because there are when, when you when you breathe and when your heart rate happens, there are micro changes that happen within in your skin. And we can monitor that and essentially derive with 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 AI now and machine learning, we're able to go ahead and say, I know what this person's heart rate is. I know what their heart rate variability is because I can see it and that's important. I can even measure what the oxygen saturation is in their, in their bloodstream. So, you know, now can, can you imagine, I can actually download what used to be a medical device onto, you know, using software onto this, Got it. right? Uh, I saw this one company out of Canada called, you know, Anura that essentially can do a blood pressure determination using just the smartphone camera. And it's relatively accurate. I've tested it with. We've got uh, my wife's a cardiologist, so we've got blood pressure cuffs, we've got uh, SpO2 pulse ox devices, and everything else, you know, in, in the home. And uh, so I test these against the software, software intelligence and triage devices against uh, hardware standards. And I'm really impressed with the accuracy of a lot of these. Uh, they don't, they don't quite qualify for medical because they haven't gone through the FDA certification process yeah. yet. But, but, but they will be, you know, SMDs, uh, software medical devices uh, in, in short order. So I think that kind of a technology that says this notion of a no-touch triage capability is is really
0: important. And that's very important during COVID and in the new normal as well. Correct.
1: Yeah, and you know, and 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 then the other thing, uh, I I've uh, always been fascinated with this notion of wearables and technologies. I'm actually evaluating the Amazon Halo, you know, device, and 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 I, they they have their place. You know, the, the 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 emergency response devices and the pendants and the watches that people wear are good. But the challenge with a lot of them is. Twofold. I've seen in my work with senior living communities and I've worked for 10 years in senior living communities that somehow pendants get lost behind the sofa and they get forget they, they forget to get charged because there is this whole, you know, I don't want to feel old, which is typically what ca- and, and, and this gray looking thing essentially makes you look old and feel old, you know, and that's why it'll get sabotaged by seniors. You know, it'll just get dropped behind uh, a sofa and they'll forget to charge it. And, and, and that's also real they'll put it on the charger and then they'll forget to put it on and then you miss it for 2 days the habit goes away and and, and so wearables it. don't get worn you know i think 86% of uh, you know seniors that have wearables don't really conform to the 24/7 you know wearable regimen so i'm a big a believer in this whole notion of no touch whether it's monitoring triaging of any sort and, and and the two examples that i gave you bina.ai and you know, Anura, uh, the the software-enabled, you know, blood pressure and you know, SpO2 stuff, are really great. And 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 I also believe. That there are new technologies that are emerging. If you want to measure someone's activity level in in, in, in there, they're not wearing their 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 their, their watch. So, uh, but so what? You know, uh, you can essentially use Doppler radar, uh, you know, devices. They actually now even have the ability to take your general Wi-Fi signals in the home. And uh, you know, when you walk through a Wi-Fi signal, or you, when you're even sitting there and your heart beats, in a, in a, in a Wi-Fi environment, it disturbs that Wi-Fi signal in somewhere, yeah. and it's called Wi-Fi Doppler. And you can take that Wi-Fi Doppler, and it is practical solutions available today where you can where you, where you analyze it using AI. And I can tell you what your heartbeat is. I can tell you if you're moving around or not. I can tell you if you're moving slower than you did yesterday. And I can I can see that over time you're getting up four times a night to go to the bathroom. So potential uh, signals of urinary tract infection. Right. So there is a ton of triaging that can be done with just normal simple things that almost exist today by because we're throwing away and we're flushing a lot of data down at this point which we can really mine and start using excellent so i mean i hope that gives you an idea of some of the technologies that are emerging that with minimal tweaks can be implemented. The the, the marginal cost of uh, downloading the an, an app on your phone is zero, right? And I can now have blood pressure cups everywhere, and I can have SpO2 devices everywhere in India to, it, tomorrow.
0: I've got old parents. You've also got old parents. There's a lot of apprehension around this vaccine. Obviously, we are waiting for the phase three trial information as well, because these were on emergency approval. So coming back to what I started in this transition time, a lot of senior citizens are apprehensive about, you know, the vaccine. Second, uh, they're also apprehensive, you know, should they get out home and what precautions or what devices can they, you know, use to actually, you know, become mobile. So in this phase, before, you know, everything goes back to the new normal, I just wanted to bring um, your thoughts or ideas once again on this whole point, what are we seeing? Are we seeing some sort of you know, conversational uh, technologies or monitoring technologies, which will play a role in this transition time till the new normal uh, in the senior citizens' lives? I mean, we've got Aryugya Setu and all, they do all this Bluetooth-based zoning and all, and there are other technologies as well. But are there anything uh, that you're seeing in, in other parts of the world that we could probably bring it to India and? You know, use it in the short uh, interim span of another six to eight months for our senior citizens. Uh, Are you you
1: talking about what can we do to get them more active? Or are you talking about do we monitor them as we go
0: out? Yeah, because see, some of them don't want to get immunized. Some of them uh, want to go out, but are scared of going out. Okay. You know, in so spite I, of I all say, the social distancing issues and norms in India, yeah. they 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 don't want to still venture out of home or for a limited. Uh, they do venture out, but they are hesitant to venture out, you know, out of home. What can we do to give them confidence to be mobile?
1: I'll, I'll address the question that you had about vaccination. I'm not a public health expert, so it's difficult to to talk about
0: the programs
1: for vaccination.
0: Uh, but I will tell you just from Are there any monitoring? Um, Uh, devices or uh, apps that can help them, uh, you know, see, okay, this is the reality. My friend had a vaccination, no adverse event. Some sort of a social media app or something that can give them confidence, okay, my friend had it, instead of their calling or WhatsApping or whatnot, to, you know, allay their apprehensions around this whole vaccination. I think in India, the last vaccine they took was the DPT or the... Uh, at the age of six months, which even they don't recall the pain or or whatever in their lives. So for some of them, this is a bigger issue or a challenge.
1: Yeah, I I, I have not seen any applications in the United States that uh, that, uh, inform you if your friends have taken vaccinations. And the reason is because of uh, HIPAA right you know that's that's uh, you you can't make that information public and so it's social media that's essentially where people say hey i got vaccinated i'm getting vaccinated and i'll tell you about it uh, i have seen on the other hand uh, there are uh, covid proximity apps that essentially apple and google have made made available that say hey you got exposed to somebody with covid because you have the app and the other person has the app. And then they got uh, diagnosed with COVID and they, they, they hit, yes, I got diagnosed with COVID. And then it basically says, I'll, I'll give you, I'll inform all the people that were in, in your proximity to let them know that they need to go get tested. Right. Right. So th- that's there. But, you know, in terms of giving people confidence to go out, yeah, it's, it's kind of a difficult thing unless you you can create this whole proximity app. I have a friend of mine who was working you know, on, a, on an app. That basically will go ahead and you know do this. This proximity app can be used to alert people to say, "Hey, you're close to someone with COVID, so just you know watch your distance." Right. Right. Uh, but I I don't know if that's you know it's practical in a country like India where you know there's the, no distancing. Yeah, there's the distancing. <laughs> Everything is do? social. There's no distancing. Yeah. How do you get to distance? So so then your your only choice is. Hey I'm going to mask and I'm going to double mask and by the way I am going to cover my nose not you know not just my mm-hmm. mouth you know? so uh, I keep sending you know notes to my parents when I see pictures from India that say we're masked uh, but you know we have their friends with yeah. the noses uncovered so but you got to cover it I also understand why they take it off because yeah it's a lot of these masks are incredibly difficult to breathe breathe in okay. you know I I recently now taken to wearing an N95 mask cuz we were able to get it and uh, when I wear that and go into the market and forty Minutes in, uh, it's difficult, and I get really warm and tired. So I've actually now ordered a a mask with a a fan. It's wow. <laughs> uh, you know you can essentially charge it, and it's got an N95 filter. I ordered one for my wife, actually, because as, as you know, when she's in the hospital, she's got to be masked all the time. Correct. And it's difficult to go stay masked for, you know, for four hours when you're going through the wards. Right. right. So uh, so I actually ordered it for her so that, you know, she can have a mask <laughs> that's got a good seal and, and then it's got a fan that will blow air through the filters and you change the filter every day uh, right. and it's only the small filter. And and that will make it possible for you to uh, to essentially not just have a mask, but a respirator that that that, that you can you know where for a longer time so okay. i see the evolution of that happening a lot it may be really expensive to do a mass deployment even in the united states it'll be expensive to go mass deploy across uh, india but those are things i would watch out for because uh, i would look at and i would encourage you know entrepreneurs and manufacturers in india to start saying you know this pandemic thing that we had just now is not just a unique event we are probably going to see something once every decade at least of, of this magnitude and we're going to have to find a way to tamp it down so this was a good dry rehearsal for a dry run for us let's prepare for the next bigger one and we'll do that by by creating these masks that are easy to wear that people will wear you know you make it so it's transparent so i can see your face and okay. you know and and it's got has got the fan so i think that
0: tech, that kind of a technology investment Uh, would be worthwhile uh, pretty much across the globe. Let's shift gears a little bit on the new normal. You know, senior citizens want to live independently as much as they want to. And we as their caretakers and their parents and, you know, our relatives, there are different technologies that are emerging. Smart homes, wearable, monitoring, tracking, robot uh, to do some of the chores for them. If they're lonely, there are a whole host of conversational chatbots which are coming in uh, again, Alexa and others, but even uh, other solutions on top of your Microsoft uh, uh, Azure platform. And then um, some digital solutions, emergency response for them, safety and security when they're living alone. And lastly, but not the fitness and mental wellness as well. So let's talk about some of these points in the new normal. Where do you see these things going for the senior citizens? Are there anything promising um, that you're seeing uh, in any of these uh, technologies? As well, So from a smart home, you know, my parents lo- use a Samsung device and there is could put um, the smart home app and then you can put all those sensors at least in my in some of things we have just put those sensors so that if there is any, there's a trigger and all. So they are very cheap solutions which are already there. But are there anything new that uh, will happen in the new normal as well? And your thoughts on on smart homes? Because that's where it will enable them to live uh, independently and not have people like us come and stay on an extended period of time to take care of them, especially during pandemic, have them, their peace of mind.
1: Well, look. I think you know. Uh, I, I try not to look at technology first, and then look at what what you know what what, what might work. I try to look at what does what does someone need when they're when they're when they're living at home. They need safety and security, and and then they need something that essentially says, in an emergency, I need to be able to reach out. To them. Correct. And then there's something that says, I've got a couple of daily things that that I need to do that I sometimes need help with, and, uh, and most importantly, I want to make sure that I feel happy and 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 I feel like I'm needed and I can talk to people and I can, I can do stuff, right? So from a safety and security perspective, the simplest of devices uh, in terms of the smart home, you know, you take an Alexa, or Google you know, or any of these devices, and if you were to just attach the ability to go so they can just say, turn the light on for me, right? It's great because where are the light switches typically? They're towards the corner and sometimes there is a sofa sitting in, uh, uh, right in front of it and they lean over and what happens is a fall. So I look at a home, uh, any home for that matter now, with the lens of, is that a fall risk? You know, I look at the carpets and I say, hey, if the carpet is not stretched properly, it's a a fall risk. You know, and and I look at where the light switches are and I see what's in front of it and I see if that's a fall risk. And I can avoid that uh, by just being essentially voice enabling that stuff. I can say automatic temperature monitoring capabilities uh, uh, that, that, that will tell you. As a matter of fact, CVS just released this uh, new product called Symphony. CVS Health, and they released a product called Symphony, and I'm really excited because they're one of the first people that has a national presence across the country. They have basically 30,000 pharmacists, 10,000 pharmacies across the United States, and uh, they're going to be able to support these technologies once they deploy it right uh, and they've deployed this thing which will essentially monitor you and if it's an emergency you can just tell it you uh, know I, I can't use the word because it'll, it'll it'll fire up here and, uh, and and it'll essentially ask you if there is if there is a problem and do, do, do I need to, to respond to something So I think it's I think it's important to kind of have things that make it possible for them to not have to you know reach and, and, and do things right And then the other part of it, is yes, it is a solution for seniors, but it, what we really need to do is not just look at them, we need to look at the support structure that they have and enable the support structure around them, which is the caregivers, the families, the friends, the society around them. What is it that we can do to create an infrastructure they can share information amongst themselves? Like for example, if you have like three kids uh, and, and, and the parent is there, if I talk to mom or dad, it would be really nice to just kind of do a quick button check so all of my other siblings know that I spoke to mom or dad and they're OK, so there and and and, and I'd like to have an indication that says nobody spoken to mom or dad in three days. You know, just a quick little heads up, mm. you know, not not a, nothing more than somebody tapping you on your shoulder, right? It's the tap on the shoulder that we all that we all need and technology now makes it possible for that to happen. And it's not. It's not rocket science technology. Correct, right? It is just technology that's been used because we thought about the problem. Of what it is that the, the we're really looking for the seniors to do, and there are other things that we need to now enable better. For example, cooking's an issue for them, so then you know let's find a way for the rest. You know. Delivery services, you know, things like DoorDash and other, you know, India's got a whole bunch of delivery services. Swiggy
0: that are, and uh,
1: and what yeah, have you. Yeah, they're emerging. And 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 the great thing about India is they've always had home food delivery, home drug delivery, home, all of that stuff, and all which right. is only now really starting to happen here in the in the in the Western societies. So that it is now possible for for that to happen. Here we have TaskRabbit, which allows me to go request somebody to come in and change a bulb. You know, something happens in my home. You know I can do that now if there is a um, if I have a support you know, a group of people around me I can use that that caregiver app to basically say hey I need to get a bulb change whenever somebody's got time just show up you know and the person can just pick up the task right so so I think it's it's just the activities of daily living and, and and some of the risk factors that essentially we need we need to we need to address. And I will say, and I keep coming back to falls because you know one third of seniors over 65 fall every year. And and in, and in, in especially if somebody with uh, you know comorbidities like you know diabetes and and, and things like that, uh, the healing problem is a big big issue. On Correct. the average, it, when, when a senior falls, it is less than a few months, about seven to eight weeks that they end, a, a large part of them end up passing because it's very difficult to recover. They fall and break a hip and go to the hospital. You know, you, you're talking about an issue where you really have to be. So, I've so seen we this just need to help my great
0: grandmom, uh, at the age of uh, 78, she was walking and she fell down and uh, had a hip job, but she could never walk after that. And it was a downhill trial for her and decay and slowing down of her life. And lifestyle. You brought up a very important point in terms of enabling the life around being able to digitally order for services uh, and stuff. There is a small study that was done here in India, and I'm not sure what the numbers look like, but uh, the digital penetration in uh, India is just 5%. Less than five percent of the 130 million population. So you can imagine, you know, 95 percent of them are digital, uh, are natives, have not had. They may want to use it, but they are not ed- at senior citizen enabled of you know apps or services. So that brings up to a big question about uh, digital education or awareness for the senior citizens, so that they are able to manage and order the services goods that they require on a daily basis through the digital platforms what's your thought there what should uh, I, actually, the existing yeah. players and 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 what your doordash and we have our swiggies and and uh, zomatos and dunzos of the world what should they be really doing for a senior citizen to be uh, senior friendly in their service perhaps so
1: let me let me let me back
0: up uh, there
1: is uh, i'm actually on the on the advisory board of an organization called cyberseniors.org and Cyber Seniors basically puts together high school seniors and seniors together mm-hmm. so that there is technology education one way and hopefully wisdom transfer the other way. Okay. And there are probably about a half a dozen organizations that I know of that uh, have evolved in this space that are specifically oriented towards training seniors on technology. I think that's kind of a wrong approach, but you know, it's, but that's what we live with. And so we're going to have to deal with helping them with the current environment. Mm. if i was in a doing a, a service of any sort i'd basically say what are seniors comfortable with they're comfortable with talking i would make everything voice it. Okay. I take, a, I mean, I make everything voice enabled and I probably put a screen on it if they're comfortable touching something, you know, otherwise I'll make everything voice enabled. And I think voice first is an approach that I think we need to look at for just about everything. Because, okay. you know, we've grown up storytelling, we've grown up, you know, speaking much long before writing and everybody's comfortable with it. Now, we just need to make that whole voice environment more friendly. And we're starting to evolve into that. We're starting to see, even with some of the Alexa devices and all, uh, we're starting to see it say, did you mean this? You know, is this what you meant? I don't exactly get it. And, you know, that kind of an interactive conversation, you know, that is starting to happen is just really important and you know, we're we're seeing evolution in banking and other industries. We're we're having this whole multi-platform conversational AI interactions. You know, I can start an interaction on a on my phone. You know, swap it over to my uh, uh, my, my 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 mobile device, and then and then I can you know uh, head over to a voice uh, uh, device and I can carry on an interaction if I can program it the right way, right? Correct. But I think for for seniors, we need to go ahead and say, what's what is it that you're most comfortable doing? Right? You're most comfortable talking. And I'll enable the services. My Zomata service really needs to say, you know, is there a way I can set something up for you? You know, you normally like to order six things, Correct. right? I'll, I don't want you to go through a 20 menu item. I'll basically Correct. say, look, you ordered these four things the last time. Is this something you'd like to order? Because Amazon it, does it today,
0: Correct.
1: right? Amazon does it today. They basically send me a notification reminder saying, hey, you ordered toilet paper three months ago when we had a crisis, uh, you know, did you want to order it again? So, right. <laughs> uh, so the technology is not is not foreign, it's not new, it's emerged, it's there, it's deployed across and scale. We just need to start reorienting our brains in terms of how do we make it possible? And honestly, I believe that whether it is deploying for seniors or whether it's deploying for accessibility and dis- uh, reasons where we're catering to folks who are disabled, those kinds of edge deployments of ease of use really also benefit the general population in terms of right. they make much better user interfaces uh, if
0: we design for the uh, for the people that have difficulty dealing with technology. So here's what I'm I'm, I'm getting. Try to move the technology behind the voice. Yes. Your app is there, let the app has, have a layer of a conversational chatbot or interface uh, using voice. Uh, that can enable the whole roster of services behind app and enable that and make that as an as a ease of use for uh, the seniors. That's a great idea. Unfortunately, what's your view on, on conversational bots? Because we have had, I would say, a lukewarm or I, I would say 50-50 kind of experience in India on our on our COVID bot, which we launched Uh, obviously uh, different languages. So, you know, there's a translational layer, different way people speak. So recognition issues and then certain amount of latency going to the cloud and trying to do that. So it's not a real conversational experience that we are still there. Uh, I'm not sure what how the things are in on the US side. But yes, um, I mean, it's starting. I think we should be there in next two years or three years with with a much better uh, experience of a conversation with different dialects and different tones and tonalities and in India because you've got tons of languages here. That diversity would be obviously the technology would have to surface and, and move forward as well. So what's your view? When do you think this technology can really mature? First for the general masses and then we can talk about getting it specifically to, you know, the senior citizens. Look, any early technology. I remember the I
1: remember the days of the form- formative days of the internet. You know, where folks are like, wow, you know, this stuff is just a toy, right? What use is it to for me to go use a mouse to go do stuff? And I really got excited the first time I saw a car commercial where there was a mouse, you know, essentially pointing to something. And we're probably in the early stages of that, like with with AI deployment, you know, uh, and a lot of these conversational bots have like an AI engine on the back end. We're still in the early stages of it. Right, so when we say it doesn't work, it's because it's still early. It's bad. It's like a 1930s car. And you know, if I were to take a look at a 1930s, 1940s car, we're probably gonna say, eh, eh, really, what what uses this thing? My horse can go faster. And maybe not in the 1930s, but you know, a little earlier than that. <laughs> okay. uh, and so I, I think I think the technology will evolve because the needs are gonna make it evolve to it. You know. I believe uh, again, whether you talk about whether you talk about kids or whether you talk about senior citizens, the most you know sophisticated technology is what you need to deploy for the least sophisticated user, right. Okay? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah the most uh,
1: advanced technology has to be deployed if I, especially I, I need i need magic basically i need the doors to open on their own you know i need my wheelchair to essentially mobilize on its own avoid obstacles and get me to some you know i need a you know a a a, a drone robot in my home that will go get the medicine for me and
0: bring it back right and that's those a smart are those mobility <laughs> yeah auto mobility device uh, i would say that can do all the chores for them.
1: Yeah, and and, and I think we also then, when, when, the, when the technology changes, we also need to refi- redefine what is it that we're looking for. Yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, we didn't need faster horses. Uh, we didn't need more horses. We just needed to change the technology to an automobile. Now the question is, do you need the automobile at all? Or is there a way to go avoid the automobile? And the COVID's kind of told us, you know what? You can really avoid the automobile in a lot of different ways because, you know, if I can just make this this remote technology better, if I can increase the. With, they can standardize it. And the next step of that is I'm going to make it a virtual office. So my glass has now become a, 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 an AR, VR uh, uh, deployment, which allows me to then really see you next to me on the left side where we're not physically together. There's a company uh, in Boston called Rendever. And, uh, I mean, I, I, and, and I mean, I, and, I, and, I, and I love their technology because they will do a collaborative tour of the Vatican for six seniors sitting next to each other. So, you guys are all together and you're like in the back right so Somebody's this is a
0: big order. impact to the travel and the fledgling travel and tourism industry because a lot of senior citizens travel yes. as part of their thing and if you give this technology, I'm sure the airline industry, the hotel and hospitality industry, and everyone would really get impacted so yeah, you're but it's not gonna a be, it, it, it may be a virtual experience the physical you know that a lot of senior citizens do as part of their, you know, ways of ending time and experiencing a good life.
1: I don't know if it'll it'll kill it. Maybe it'll expand more people to travel than it was ever possible. And it may be better, right, eventually. It'll make travel different, right? It'll change the nature of the industry. The fact that I don't need to go to the office (laughs) doesn't mean I don't want to be in the office, right? If I, I, mean, I, I still crave that uh, face-to-face interaction. Now, the more the face-to-face interaction, uh, you know, this AR environment can simulate it, then you know, you may crave it a little, little less. You know, and uh, but you'll still need the physical touch you know until somebody comes up with these haptic glo- haptic gloves that essentially simulate the the, the sense of touch yeah and they're there they're there you know in, you in, do, in, in uh, some of the some the experimental so. environments yeah. you know and the and the adult industry is is certainly you know one of the leaders in in the, in technologies in this area but i but i think you know we need to rethink it we need to the rethink to say what is it that this, they're looking for if i need food then i can get the food to them if i need medicine i can get the food the medicine to them if i need fresh air then I can say, let me enable fresh air for you by taking you out, right? So I, I don't need the, the the chore trips. I need the enjoyment trips, which is which essentially changes the nature of travel. But but I think we have now to to say let's let's fundamentally rethink what the need is, what the what the real need is and see if there is a way that this new technology environment can deliver that to you and one one of the things for example i've been uh, you know working on is this notion of what is it that you need to do to uh, help a senior age in place and right. and we said okay Let's take a look at what their fundamental needs are. We went through this whole thing. You know, it's the safety and security. It is uh, a a level of companionship and economics uh, associated with it. Purpose in life. uh, You know, education, acquisition of knowledge. You know, and all of those things. And we've said, well maybe uh, there are programs that are there uh, in silos. Uh, Let's put it all together. There's a program uh, run out of Johns Hopkins University called Capable in the United States. It's been running for about 10 years, and hopefully it'll get more popular soon. It essentially works with seniors. uh, And what they do is they take a nurse, an occupational therapist, and a maintenance person, and they go to the senior's home. And then they say, what do you like to do? What are your issues at home? Uh, And one story was, there was this lady who said, you know, I really wish my son didn't have to come here every 2 weeks. I'm in a wheelchair. I wish my I wish my son didn't have to come here every every week or 2 weeks to wash my hair. It's, it's a matter of dignity for her, you know, that she had to depend on her son and there was nobody else to do it. And she couldn't afford it any other way. So son used to come and wash her hair. So the occupational therapist and the, and the maintenance person looked at it and said, hmm, maybe we can figure it out. Look at your wheelchair so I can create this large sink and I can install it for a few hundred dollars. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll put a washing sink uh, that you can reach from your wheelchair. That fundamentally changed her level of independence and it, and it impacts all other aspects of life. Just because I'm now independent, I can feel more you know more like I'm in control of my
0: life. Yeah, that brings up to two points that I want to delve further. One we talked about companionship. I want to take that a little bit deeper the second is personalization and personalization solutions for independent independent living i guess that could be a big opportunity per se i mean you know just putting up a sink or whatever that's personalization for their independent living so on companionship obviously indian cultures old people it is you know their age of meditation people are reserved i don't want to be living alone companionship is very much important. I guess there is a little bit of societal change. Uh, I guess the digital types of apps of, of Tinder and don't really work with seniors, right? Are there anything you're seeing in the societies in the West that are enabling this sort of solutions for companionship in the seniors? I mean, there are certainly targeted applications like Silver Singles and things like that.
1: You know, I mean, for for for, for a friendship, they 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 target things differently. I mean, uh, Tinder gets in the United States, uh, you gets used in the United States a little bit differently than Tinder gets used in India. I understand.
0: You know, and, no, I'll uh, just give an example, Tinder for the yeah, elders, seniors. Yeah. So, you know, seniors but, but like Silver
1: Singles is, 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 is an app that's emerged. There are like probably another half a dozen if I went and looked for it that basically say, look, there's, the reality is that we essentially need companionships and we've got to find a, find a forum for it. There's an organization called Silver Nest. Mm-hmm. And what's and there's another company uh, that I'm, I'm essentially, I just finished writing an article for these guys called Upside Home. And what they do is... Um, they will do a personality match and they will create and and they'll essentially create roommate situations. Okay. And this is not male, female only. It is, it could be like the Golden Girls type of a thing where you say, you know, Three women look to- live together, you know. Mm. Three women. I mean, and in this community, you can have a man and a, a, a male and a female live together, or two women and one man live together. I mean, that that combination can happen based on what your personalities and what your needs are. But the idea is let's find the right personality match and uh, and, and essentially see if we can create the roommate situation. So it addresses the social isolation issue. Yeah. Number one. Number two, it uh, it addresses the economics issue that says, look, it's a lot economic, more economical for three people to live together in this one place And let's make that happen. Now, on top of that, they layer these services that say, okay, we're going to make, uh, and most seniors really in in, uh, in the US don't want to live in a senior living community, I mean, they want to live in the larger society. So what Upside Home does is they find five apartments in a large multi, multi-generational building, and then they'll essentially maintain it, and they'll start, they'll service them. They'll make sure that food gets delivered, they'll get, you know, maintenance gets done. They have one single bill. So, the senior doesn't is not responsible for the electricity bill and the, the tv bill and the this and the that you know so it's just one single bill that that gets addressed and 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 they also create a concierge type of a thing where this concierge is responsible for maybe 50 apartments and then they will create opportunities for people to meet they will create engagement opportunity right so it it kind of addresses those those kinds and i think that's probably an opportunity that will emerge in india significantly uh, yeah where, you know
0: there's a lot of taboo uh, in our society, you know, the guy has left his parents in Vidash. That's the colloquial in the old age. What I was really thinking was, can we have a WeWorks type of a model for co-living for seniors? Yeah, you certainly. Know, Co-housing uh, is and a huge not a real estate model. All these developers create yeah. these sort of apartments with all the the bouquet of services and everything around it. But a co-living model, which we far more dignified for the senior citizens and maybe we work with the government to say, okay, of certain tax and other uh, rebates since they are senior citizens, because the government anyway encourages a lot of these sort of services to be put in uh, discounts for whether it's travel or what for mm-hmm. senior citizens. I guess uh, that should really work with the government and our policy people's encouragement in India. What do you think? I, I happen
1: to believe that co-living, co-housing, is the model of the future across the globe. My wife and kids make fun of me because I keep thinking, I keep saying that this whole concept of a nuclear family is a short failed experiment for humanity. You know, it, it didn't exist 300 years ago, 200 years ago. It didn't. You know, it probably won't exist. You know, another 150 years from now, because in that time frame, we've experimented with this nuclear family thing, and we now realize that it's got consequences in its own in, in its own right. I mean, the family may look different. It may not be the biological family you grew up with, but it may just be some sort of a family that says, let's share in some of the responsibilities to let the village bring up the children. Let's share in the responsibilities to let our village take care of the elders, because it is difficult for just two people to take care of it. And especially with the demographic changes that we're seeing. Uh, you mentioned that India has got 10% of its uh, population. And
0: that's almost 20... uh, 50% of US population, 130
1: million. But, this, but if you take a look at India, by 2050, 44% of the population is going to be seniors. Correct. That essentially means the number of people that can support them are also a lot smaller. Correct. So what do you do? You have to make that more efficient. You got to use technology. You got to use this responsibility sharing capabilities using co-housing. So it's not a it's not a matter of is it going to happen. It's a matter of when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen. Uh, I kind of feel like it's almost as inevitable as things like cryptocurrency. You know, I mean, like you know, it's it's going to be there. It's a matter of
0: when. And you know what happens is then you can probably even get the whole personalization done. Yes. Okay, three people, different needs. You already done that, okay, the decor needs to be different, like what VWorks does for different companies, different uh, tenants in a different way and manages it. Yeah. So that's in the office environment, but I guess it's like we live, also, right? I mean, they, they've got the we live thing, right? And right. So same same kind of stuff. <clears throat> and, and then a really um, away all yeah. this whole issue of hospice, is other uh, social uh, issues relating to relatives saying, okay, this is my property, uh, the church or the other guys' provider saying it was assigned to me, and a lot of legal battles in India. Hmm. So I'm not sure how much legal battles in US you have on properties and. Such unassigned, uh, you know, rights <laughs> given to different people out of uh, heart uh, by their seniors, but you know, contested by their relatives later on. Yeah,
1: I think property issues are a little bit easier to deal with in the, in the U.S. in general than than, than
0: they are in India. In the, uh, India, uh, and, I and, guess the and, next and, and I, generation will get the benefit of. <laughs>
1: but, but I think, but I think the government really needs to look at this as a as a, as a long-term issue, right? For for uh, for India in particular, a everything in India, the numbers are humongous the uh you know but and but this notion of 44% of the population essentially becoming elders then you have all these elder abandonment issues that 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 are going to be really surfacing hard in india i mean it's it's, it's starting to surface across uh, all societies but for some reason the demographics in the united states basically say that we're only going to be 22% you know seniors in the 2050 time frame as opposed to india being you know 44% the the, the demographic dividend that you currently have is going to come back to to be a bomb down the road,
0: Correct. Right. China is already facing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and right. that's because of their their one-child policy, right? You've essentially right. got one couple having eight people to take care of, you know, two right. uh, like four parents and you know and and, right. and 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 their grandparents. Eight
0: grandparents. Correct.
1: Yeah, and, and and the longevity dividend that we have causes those there are benefits and issues associated with it. On the average, correct, we've gained uh, three years for every decade of life in the last uh, in the last century, but since 20 2010 through 2015, it, it became five years in every decade. And, and, and I think that there were, there are were, there were people at that point were predicting that you could lead, uh, reach what's called longevity escape velocity by the time you're in 2045, which means every year, the lifespan's gonna increase one year. And yeah, you know, although the, the COVID has, uh, numbers have not been reflected and all of that. But it's only in the last year in the United States, for example, lifespan has decreased you know, because of chronic diseases and things that are, that are really starting to take off.
0: I want to shift gears, uh, Ravi, and talk a little bit on innovation and startup in US and in India. So I have been visit- making rounds on Kultar Foundation based in support with all the innovators from the academic uh, medical research centers across the US. Uh, some of the issues that I keep hearing and what you have mentioned, India is going to have 44% of elders or senior citizens by 2050. Uh, The price point that uh, some of the innovators there come up for a smaller market, they make it up uh, the profit on a larger volume. Mm -hmm. And that's what is the whole attraction of India. About uh, eight years back when I was going back to U.S. to evaluate a partner to come back and work with me on assisted living. And the feel was the America pond was too big. They were happy with uh, the whole opportunity. Now we have a lot of Australian and many other folks from this side of the world who are already entering in the India market. What sort of communication uh, in the U.S. ecosystem for innovators and startups on elder care, uh, technology around aging and uh, senior citizens, you like to probably convey and how can we convince them to come to India? And you work on the innovation on a larger mass market opportunity. Uh, again, I have a friend of mine is a professor that works on a lot of this innovation
1: framework, uh, an Indian guy by the name of Ram Mudambi at uh, Temple University. So he might be a better guy to answer this question in terms of the larger policy level question. But I will you know, go back to this notion of do we need to convince U.S. innovators to come to India to work on something, or can we just find the innovation in India?
0: Jugar, because, that is our Jugaad innovation. Then, <laughs> yeah. so,
1: so uh, HealthCube is an organization that's in India, and you know they put together a a device that essentially does multiple diagnostics, you know, in in, in a very economical way. I think it's being deployed by the Bidla Foundation and folks like that for blood tests across different places. And and I'm sure that if we look around with the level of innovation incubators that are in India today, within a course of 12 to 24 months, you'll be able to come up with some incredible homegrown innovations that you can essentially spread across the country. Yeah, I was talking to an organization that runs 200 trucks in in UP that essentially, uh, they're basically medical trucks uh, and they go like once once every 3 months they visit some place and then they'll they'll essentially move off and uh, we were talking about what is it that you can do to take the asha workers that are in these communities and leave them a briefcase so that while you're not there for those 3 months they can still essentially do some level of triaging and send you information so i was advising this company called elara health that uh, is actually operating out of uh, kenya uh, and and also some in rwanda right now and so emilian pope was the ceo of the company david david he's essentially from a finance and investment background kind of like you and he put together the solution which is a a clinic in a suitcase so he's taken the butterfly hardware that's here for mm. uh, ekg's uh, you know yeah, with with the iphone and a bunch of other things and he's kind of created this little framework where you can essentially give it to a nurse in kenya and say hey Operate a clinic out of this thing and you can do, you know, prenatal diagnostics and, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of disease diagnostics can be done pretty much out of this this, this kind of a, a clinic in a suitcase. But what he's also done, which I really like, is uh, he's created a financing model that basically says you can't buy this. It costs $3,000. There's no way you can afford to buy something like this. Right. So I'm going to create a leasing model for you. That mm. will that makes me a partner in your clinic for a period of seven years. Yeah. And 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 I think that kind of an innovation where you've taken something that is more individualistic solutions, adapted it a little bit and put it in, for example, even if people can't afford smartphones, right? What can I do to fix that? I mean, I I, I can essentially have one phone and a smartphone and 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 essentially or, or, or an iPad or or a camera and have people walk by it. Now I've done your daily blood pressure thing. You know, as you're coming into work, everybody's blood pressure is measured. Everybody's oxygenation level level is measured, right? So you just adapt the technology for the population. So I, I would highly encourage, you know, domestic growth rather than, you know, yeah, we can look, but if we adapt, we take these existing technologies and, you know, we pay respects to them and we adapt the technology for uh, for, for this market.
0: That's a nice, nice way to go around rather than, you know, what we were looking at, people to work and bring the innovation and partner model before I let you know we I want I have one last question that level of insights and what you have provided on on our talk today I want to know you know what are your resources and follow and for the sake of our folks here to be on top of the global trends in senior elder care aging independent living assisted living whatever you call if you can enlighten some of our audiences that will be really great
1: sure um, there are probably. A half a dozen people that are just incredible in this space. None of my ideas are ever original. I just listen to a lot of a uh, lot of the things that those folks say, and it makes me sound somewhat intelligent. You know, uh, Laurie Orlob runs a newsletter which essentially is called Aging in Tech, and she's uh, probably one of the most you know well known in in this space. For population demographics and things like that, Ken Dykewald is a significant resource. And for business models and senior living, Bob Kramer from Nexus Insights is uh, is one to look at. So th- these are the three that come top of mind, but I probably have a list of about a dozen that I keep so that I can go back and remember to check on them.
0: Excellent. Ravi, we are running out of time, but uh, it was indeed a pleasure talking to you, interacting with you. We all are going through this transitional phase of taking care of our parents and our kids also in this uh, normal uh, pandemic phase so we as a generation had this burden to carry for the last one year or two years now to be able to take care of both the generations in front of us and ahead of us as well and a lot of them have been stressed out as well i hope some of the things that you talked about would really help our listeners and some of the seniors who also are listening on our podcast would also be encouraged to try out the technologies and be far more digitally active to be able to be live independently as well. Uh, before I let you go, I need to thank uh, our sponsors, our team that has uh, made this possible, our production team at the back end as well. Uh, we are going to come back quote unquote uh, wealthy to talk about the future of startups. Thank you so much Ravi for talking to us and giving us this time, really being candid in, in, in talking about a fear of technology, which is there in, in, in some of our parents and our seniors and how they can probably be able to adopt it and work around it. For them. You know, it's Absolutely. our job to make it easy for them. Yeah. Keep it simple for yes. them. Yes. Thanks so much. All right, thank uh, you. And stay it's safe. Bye-bye. All
1: right, take care you <laughs>